we're just now uh, diving in on a sermon series that will focus uh, on the Sermon on the Mount, hearing from the very uh, lips of Christ, His teachings and what He would uh, have us to hear and how He would have us to live. Last week, if you uh, remember, Ashley talked about the well-built life. She referenced the, the great close to the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus offers his parable of the wise man who builds his house on the rock. And Jesus says, and so it is for those who hear these words of mine and put them into practice. As we hear the words of Christ, as we seek to put them into practice, our very lives are built upon the solid rock of Christ. And in that we are able to withstand any storm that would come our way. Today we turn to the, the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. We read from uh, Matthew 5, uh, verses 3 through 12. We find uh, shared there the great Beatitudes. Uh, we hear those today and we, uh, we ponder them. And not just today, but as we make our way through the days ahead, that we ponder these very profound statements and consider what it means to live them out. So let's hear this from Matthew 5, verses 3 through 12. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the, the prophets who were before you. This is God's word, and may it be a deep and abiding blessing to each of us, not only as we hear this word read, but as we make effort now to take our lives and apply them to it. And as we consider these deep blessings, may we know that we share in the blessings of a well-built life. Whenever I need a good dose of Jesus and what he taught, I turn to Matthew chapters 5 through 7. We're going to be looking at those chapters in depth here over the weeks of the summer. As, I, as we mentioned last week, we will be studying what Jesus taught from his Sermon on the Mount, hence the title, From the Mount. As we... As, as have others down through the, the centuries, I'm confident you and I will find ourselves challenged to no end. I want to encourage you to dive in in these chapters, Matthew 5 through 7, 
read and reread them. They are important passages of Scripture for each and every one of our lives. You're going to need to, to do that as we make our way through the Sermon on the Mount because we're going to be moving pretty quickly. Jesus' teachings, as you'll come to find, were, were nothing short of revolutionary. They, they challenged the established teachings of his day. They, they continue to establish or continue to challenge the established teaching of, of our own day. Christ's interest was to help people know what was expected of them. If they were considering what it means to be a citizen in the kingdom of God. The words of, of Jesus as taught from the mount are, are just as true and just as challenging as they ever have been. And clearly they help to define what it means to be a part of God's kingdom. Every sermon needs a, a good introduction. You certainly don't want to, to lose people before you get started. And so you really want to work on your introduction. Sometimes that introduction can range from a, a story to a joke or to some profound quote. Whatever the intent, the intent is to, to grab the attention of those who are listening. Jesus starts his Sermon on the Mount with, with something particularly profound. The Beatitudes have a way of, of drawing us in. They, they give us a, a lot to, to think about. The Beatitudes speak to the tie between experiencing God's blessing and the disposition of our hearts. As our hearts are right, then we find ourselves knowing and experiencing the blessings of God in profound ways. Now, the Beatitudes are not the easiest to understand, yet they hit us exactly where we live. Upon hearing them, we are left to ponder their deep meaning for our lives. In the end, they, they leave us to consider a different way, the kingdom way, the characteristics for those who align themselves with God's kingdom are just different than those espoused by the world. When we read through them, we just see that they, they cut a, a, a different direction than what is espoused through the world. Yet when we live these beatitudes out, and we are called to, to live them out, we find ourselves blessed to no end. Let's face it, we could do a whole sermon series just on the Beatitudes. This morning, we'll only be considering a, a portion of them. Hopefully, we'll be inspired to read and to study further. And again, I want to encourage you to do that. I'd love to, to talk with you about any of these Beatitudes. I encourage you to engage others in the very same conversation. Let me also encourage you to, to study the Beatitudes as a part of your life together in family. Let's get started. I have a, a good friend that when asked, uh, how you doing, he, he always responds, I'm blessed. And indeed he is. He's a follower of Christ, and Jesus is making a big difference in his life. As we read just a, a few moments ago, every one of the Beatitudes starts with the word blessed. Years ago, Robert Schuller of 
Crystal Cathedral fame, wrote a, a book on the Beatitudes. He called them, the, that book, the, the Be Happy Attitudes. And I've always felt that, that Schuler was, was on to something. Life in Jesus changes our, our whole outlook on life. We do understand that we are blessed, and in that we, uh, we, we garner a degree of uh, happiness. Our attitudes are swayed, our focus is different, our hearts are well-centered. In a word, those who know Jesus know happiness. No wonder we are so blessed. First, we hear Jesus sharing Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. As much as you and I are into self-sufficiency, even to the point of figuring we can make it on our own, somewhere along the line, there will always be a reckoning. We can only make it so far on our own energy. Now, we talk about that a lot. We repeat that a lot from this pulpit. We can only make it so far under our own energy. We talked about that pointedly on the day of Pentecost when we shared about the the, the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. It comes to us to, to recognize our own limitations. It comes to us to recognize our own poverty. Blessed are those who are poor in spirit. There's no room in God's kingdom for those who figure that they can go it alone without God's help. There's no room for spiritual pride. Oswald Chambers, in his book, My Utmost for His Highest, talks about giving up the the right to ourselves. I remember reading that some years ago, and it has always stuck with me. When we align ourselves with God, we give up the right to ourselves. In giving up the right to ourselves, we recognize our own poverty and give up all that we are, such as we are, to God. Doing so will lead us to the place of deep commitment and certainly to uh, to, to, unre- unreso- uh, to, to unrequited uh, obedience that will in turn lead us to the very, uh, very threshold of the kingdom of heaven. That's just the way it is. When we give up, we take on, and as we take on God and his purposes for our lives, we, we find ourselves at the very threshold of the kingdom of heaven. John Wesley's covenant prayer puts it this way, Lord, let me be your servant under your command. I will no longer be my own. I will give up myself to to your will in all things. Lord, make me what you will. I put myself fully into your hands. Put me to doing, put me to suffering. Let me be employed for you or laid aside for you. Let me be full, let me be empty, let me have all things, let me have nothing. I freely and with a willing heart give it all to your pleasure and disposal. I am no longer my own. 
such as the blessedness of being poor in spirit. You and I will have to admit that there's all too much pain in this world. If anything, our, our present circumstance bears that out. Grief seems to be the order of the day. We are either grieving the, the loss brought on by the, the pandemic or the racial injustices that have most recently been brought to light. And Jesus says, Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Christ stands ready to give us solace. He, he stands to turn our sorrow into joy, to turn the very mourning of our lives into, into victory. Christ stands ready to offer that sort of blessedness. Hopefully all of us have known and, and experienced the, the consolation and support of God in our sorrow. I think there's something much deeper here than just gaining victory over the, the, the sorrow of our lives. That, that which cuts deeper uh, cuts to the very heart of where we live. What it means to be a repentant sinner. We don't talk about it very much in polite conversation, but new life in Jesus begins with a, with a sense of, 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 thing, of the things that we have done wrong, those things that have worked to separate us from God, and not just work to separate us from God, but those very things that work to separate us from God. We call that conviction of coming to grips with the wrong of our lives. Blessed is the one who is in intensely sorry for the, the wrong he or she has done. Blessed is the one who mourns over such things. The person who is uh, brokenhearted over the wrong that is at the very center of one's life finds themselves at the very, very precipice of, of being comforted by the deep and abiding forgiveness of God a forgiveness that is made possible by what his son Jesus did on the cross, a forgiveness that brings deep peace, deep comfort. Those who share in that forgiveness are counted among the most blessed of all. So where does that lead us? We're left to give it all up for the surpassing worth of knowing Christ. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Meekness is, is much maligned these days. It, it's not a trait that most people aspire to. When we, when we think of the meek, we, we usually think of those who, who don't have much of a backbone. They're, they're pretty wishy-washy. Meekness, though. True meekness is anything but that. For those who are members of God's kingdom, meekness is a, is a characteristic of being given over to God. And in that, they are strengthened to no end. Now hear that irony of being meek, but yet in God's power and presence, being strengthened to no end. And hence Jesus says they shall inherit 
the earth. Citizens of God's kingdom give themselves over to their king and do so in, in all faith and without reserve. They recognize their own weaknesses and, and, and latch on to the one who is the very definition of strength. And because of that, they gain much. And so Jesus says, they shall inherit the earth. So is anybody hungry? Maybe not in this early morning, but then maybe very much so. If you're anything like me, I oftentimes think about my uh, next meal before I even finish the one that I'm, I'm working on. That's just a, a trait of the Greeks. We'll sit around the table and talk about our next meal while we're eating the one that's before us. It's just the way it is. The spiritual food God offers is even a bigger deal than the food we eat at, the, at our dinner tables. To have our hunger and thirst for the things of God puts us at the very place that God wants us to be, to hunger and thirst after his righteousness. I've heard it said that we, uh, we are created with a God-shaped void, and God stands ready to, to, to fill it every time when we hunger and thirst after God, as a matter of first order, we become deeply fulfilled. God fills us, and he doesn't just fill us, but he fills us to the overflowing. Imagine what it's like to be really hungry. We get hungry every now and then, but not really hungry. That's just the way it is in the in the, the abundance that we, we share in this country. There are, though, people near and far who are really hungry. They'll do just about anything for, for something to eat. The same is true for those who thirst, particularly on a hot summer day after you've been outside a long time, maybe, maybe working in the yard. Those people who thirst, I mean really thirst, They'll do just about anything for something to drink. I wonder if we have that same desire for the bread of life and the living water that Christ offers. I wonder if we do hunger and thirst, really hunger and thirst, after God's righteousness. Hear again what Jesus says about such things. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. At another spot, Jesus says this, John 6, 35, I, I am the bread of life. He who believes in me will never go hungry, and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. So it is for those who hunger and thirst after God's righteousness. So it is for those who seek to taste and see that the Lord is good. By so doing, they will certainly be filled. So let me close with this. Knowing that we're not going to hit every one of the Beatitudes. Knowing that we have a, a few more to, 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 uh, to consider at home or in other, other circumstances of, of conversation. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called 
sons of God. We realize today that we could use a few peacemakers, people who are willing to listen, people who are willing to give their brother or sister the benefit of the doubt, people who are willing to walk in somebody else's shoes, people who are willing to, to live by the golden rule, by doing unto others what uh, you would have them do unto you, people who are willing to see another as a person for who they are, a creation of God Almighty. I had this beatitude, blessed are the peacemakers, put on our sign this week. You may have noticed it as you drove by. I thought that I would let Christ's word speak, that I would let Christ's word have its way with, with our community as it drove by up and down Highway 42. I lament, though, that those who, um, who went by at 55 miles an hour or even faster barely noticed. We do well, you and me, to slow down and to consider what Christ wants us to do during this time of trouble and turmoil. I encourage you to consider what God wants you to do in promoting peace right where you live. So may it be that the refrain of our lives be that of the song, let there be peace on earth and let it begin with me. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called children of God. Just now, as we uh, seek to have ourselves well-centered upon God, as we have uh, considered at least a, a portion of His Word, let's uh, let Christ have sway in our lives. Let's let His Word speak uh, in us and begin to work through us, particularly as we contemplate the, the Beatitudes. Let's, let's open our lives to the blessing as we blessings of God as we consider the condition of our hearts. Let's ask ourselves how we need to be living our lives differently as we consider the Beatitudes. Let's let those same Beatitudes guide our lives. Let's let Christ speak into our lives to the end that we are truly blessed truly blessed to be a blessing. Let's take a moment to reflect on the Beatitudes, to kind of pull, our, pull ourselves away from, from all the, the thoughts that, that so often uh, cause our minds and our hearts to go a million different directions. Let's, let's hear these Beatitudes read yet again, but yet from a, a, a different, uh, different perspective, said in a, in a different way. I I read from Eugene Peterson's paraphrase of the scripture. It's called the, the, uh, the, the message. You, you may uh, use the message and read through it often. Regardless, let's use this as a time of meditation and of contemplation as we hear this from God's word. You're blessed when you're at the end of your rope 
with less of you, there is more of God and His rule. You're blessed when you feel you've lost what is most dear to you. Only then you can be embraced by the one most dear to you. You're blessed when you're content with just who you are, no more, no less. That's the moment you find yourself proud owners of everything that can't be bought. You're blessed when you've worked up a good appetite for God. He's food and drink and the, and the best meal you'll ever eat. You're blessed when you care. At the moment of being careful, you find yourselves cared for. You're blessed when you get your inside world, your mind and, and heart put right. Then you can see God in the outside world. You're blessed when you show people how to cooperate instead of compete or fight. That's when you discover who you really are and your place in God's family. You're blessed when your commitment to God provokes persecution. The persecution drives you even deeper into God's kingdom. Not only that, consider yourselves blessed. Every time people put you down or throw you out or speak lies about you to discredit me. What it means is that the truth is too close for comfort and they are uncomfortable. You can be glad when that happens. God, we pray that our hearts would be right, that they would be uh, clearly aligned to you. We pray, Lord, that uh, we become more and more uh, like your son, Jesus. We pray, Lord, that we find ourselves more and more reflecting the, the sort of things that he taught, just like the Beatitudes. And we pray that as we live out these blessings, may we uh, find ourselves truly blessed and living as you would have us to live. Lord God, we pray that uh, you uh, put us to, to reading and to studying these Beatitudes, but that we commit them to memory, that we, uh, we seek, more importantly, to live them out. Lord, we, uh, we pray that you uh, do with us what you will, that you work a mighty work in us, that we would find ourselves at a much better place in your kingdom, as we seek to get our hearts right, to know and understand your blessings. This prayer we make in the, in the name of Jesus Christ, and we do trust in that name for today's world. Amen. May God bless us all.